This is the DC Tweet Team Podcast. Here's your host, Andy Burrows. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team Podcast. This is episode number 61. I am your host, Andy Burrows, as always. It is Victory Monday, and on Victory Monday, I am joined, as always, by the captain of the DC Tweet Team, Mr. Maurice Hawkins. Maurice, good day to you, sir. Hey, Andy. Victory Monday. How are you doing? I am very good, very good. Thank you for asking, my friend. And our very special guest today from the Washington Post, Mr. Scott Allen. Scott, good day to you, sir, and happy Victory Monday. Hey, good day to you too, Andy. Good to be here with uh, you and Maurice. Uh, thank you so much for joining. So, gentlemen, we sit here again with another Victory Pod. I'm kind of getting used to this, and I'm kind of liking <laughs> it. At <laughs> Scott, I'll come to you first, sir. What are your thoughts? Uh, nearly you know, just under 24 hours removed from the game. What are your thoughts on what you saw yesterday? Yeah, I guess I'm still wrapping my head around just how dominant uh, Chase Young and the defense were and you know how shocked I am. I think if you had told any Washington football team fan that Washington would go on the road to, to Arizona against a decent Niners team and not score an offensive touchdown and still come away with a win – um, that, that was, to me, was by far the most impressive thing. And, you know, it's no wonder that that hasn't happened, a road win with no offensive touchdowns in 28 years for this franchise. So really impressive effort by the defense all around. Yeah, amazing effort from the defense. Uh, we're going to delve uh, into it throughout this podcast. Maurice, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, like you say, 24 hours nearly removed from the game. What are your thoughts on yesterday, sir? Well, I think my initial thoughts is, of course, you know, the dominant play of our defense, you know, led by Chase Young and Martez Sweat and, and the defensive line overall. Um, but I think more broadly, I'm thinking about the NFC East race and how the football team is taking command and controls the division by having sole possession of first place, opposed to being tied um, with, for first place with the Giants. So, I'm really happy that we're in control of the the division right now and we control our own destiny. So those are like some of my immediate thoughts from our our win yesterday. Yeah, most definitely. Scott, you mentioned Chase Young. Let's start with him. This is going to go, this will go down in the, we'll look back in years and this will be known as the Chase Young game. I feel six tackles, uh, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, one sack and one TD. What was it that made Chase so good yesterday? Yeah, I I think it was... All of the above. I think, you know, throughout this season, if if you haven't been following the the football team closely, you know, the the national media, maybe they look directly at at Chase Young's sack total. Maybe even here for some football team fans and say, well, he's not going to come close to approaching, you know, Javon Curse's rookie record in that department. But I think yesterday was a prime example of just how disruptive he is in in other areas you know the obviously the he did have a sack he had a forced fumble that led to a field goal he had the the scoop and score that's going to be on all the highlight reels and then something that gets talked about even less the his past deflections he had he had two more Mm -hmm. yesterday he had a huge one um on the fourth quarter that that ended the uh, 49ers drive when you know they're just trailing by one score so he just continues to impress even when the sacks aren't coming in waves. 
Um, just, just an incredible force. He seems to always be around the ball and in the backfield. Um, and he just seems to be getting better every week too. Yeah, most definitely. My friend Maurice, I said this will go down like when we look back in years to come, this will be down as like the game where Chase really announced himself. Like Scott said there, he has been written off recently. We've spoke about it on previous pods where, you know, there were articles going around. There were people tweeting about it that maybe he isn't as good as uh, everyone thinks he is. Well, yesterday he shut a lot of people up, didn't he, Maurice? Yeah, I think he definitely silenced many of his critics and, but I think overall, we look at Chase Young, you even look at the complete body of work. I mean, one of the things that I noticed about Chase is that his ability to be a disruptive force in the backfield. I mean, I think about last week how he, uh, um, you know, was one of the major defensive players um, stopping the Steelers in that goal line stand. And then just seeing how disruptive he was in San Francisco's backfield yesterday, uh, you know, getting the sack, you know, causing the fumble and then getting the uh, – the formal recovery for the touchdown return. I mean, you just don't see that level of defensive dominance um, from an individual player in a game. I mean, you got to think on your hand, like the players in the NFL who are that disruptive, you know, uh, Aaron Donald with the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Khalil Mack with the Chicago Bears when he's on the top of his game. There's not a lot of players who can be that disruptive individually in the National Football League and Chase is in that league. And, and if Chase is not recognized as NFC Defensive Player of the Week, uh, this week, um, the NFL needs to rethink that award because I don't think there was any defensive player that had a more dominant game than Chase did yesterday. Oh no, he if he doesn't win that award, then yeah, they should just they should just scrap that. It's just yeah, it's, it's not worth doing. Um, Scott, coming to you, my friend. Obviously, we started off with the game very slow. I mean, if you look at our first half stats, we only had thirteen plays. 33 yards, five yards passing, 28 uh, yards rushing. What do you think just didn't click for the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, they're saying Alex Smith might have been carrying an injury coming into the game. Did he get it in warm-ups? What for you was it on the offensive side of the ball that just didn't seem to work yesterday? Yeah, slow starts seem to be this team's MO. You know, the, both the offense and the defense seem to get better as the game wears on, especially the defense and yesterday yeah you do have to wonder if if smith was dealing with that calf even before the the game started because he just he didn't look right from the start right i mean he was coming off one of his better performances of the year against against the steelers and i think mm-hmm. in that first quarter he started two for seven and you know he, he missed pretty badly on on a few of those throws and i think you know with with the type of offense that they run if if he's not completing passes the offense isn't going to move the ball especially with you you knew coming in it was going to be an added challenge with without Antonio Gibson back there and I think you know his his absence was really felt yesterday you know I think even before Dwayne Haskins came into the game um, it, it just goes to show what a what a dynamic playmaker he's been as a rookie um so yeah I think you know, Smith's inaccuracy and then eventually the injury and Gibson's absence was the main reason the offense struggled early on. Yeah, most definitely. Maurice, what were your thoughts on the offensive side of the ball before uh, until uh, um, before we get into Terry McLaurin getting a thousand reception yards, which was amazing. 
Apart from that, there wasn't really much on the offensive side of the ball. And a lot of people, don't get me wrong, we've won. And I've had many an argument on Twitter today saying, look, this is just, it's, uh, me and you said before we started recording, it's kind of football. It happens sometimes, isn't it? Something just doesn't click. Maybe one week it's the defence, one week it's the offence. One week it all clicks and you get a great game like we did like in the second half of the Steelers when, like Scott says, it is our MO. We seem to come alive. But what was it for you, Maurice, that didn't quite happen for the offence yesterday? Well, I think the offense had a bad game. I think that if your starting quarterback is injured uh, and we don't know when he was injured, we just know that, you know, he was on the sidelines. They were trying to work on him on the leg that he had the um, the surgery on. And then the next thing you know, Haskins is in the game. But I recalled uh, when he threw the interception in the in the first half and I looked at the pass and that definitely looked like an arm strength um, um question like he didn't have enough velocity on the ball to get it to the receiver which allowed um, San Francisco's defensive back to make a play and get the interception and it wasn't too long after that pass when you saw uh, Alex Smith on the sidelines and the trainers were working on him so I think you know it these things are going to happen I think what fans need to understand that if we're able to win a game like we did yesterday and our offense was struggling that's more of, of a good sign that the team is developing into a competitive team and they can win games without everything being perfect. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there that win games like that and everything's not perfect. I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and by no stretch of the imagination, I'm saying the Washington <laughs> football team is on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs. So let me put that disclaimer out there. Maurice, right now. Have, you, Maurice have you been drinking already? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. I haven't had enough eggnog yet. So, um, but the point that I'm making is that. Uh, Kansas City turned over the ball like three times yesterday. Like Pat Mahomes had two or three interceptions yesterday, but yet they still found a way to win a game. Most teams, if they turn over the ball that many times, they lose, you know, like we saw with the 49ers. So I think, you know, a lot of times fans, we get so overzealous and anxious if every facet of the, of the team is not clicking on all cylinders. At the end of the day, it's about finding a way to win games. That's why you have coaches like Coach Rivera and Coach Turner and Coach Del Rio who puts their players in the best possible position to be successful regardless of how one of the phases of the team may not be holding up their end of the bargain. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Scott, uh, I know your time's precious, so we haven't got a lot of time with you, my friend. So before we, um, before we let you go, what was your impression of when Dwayne Haskins come into the game? Me and Maurice are going to get into it later on in the uh, podcast. I put a question out on Twitter today saying, what are everyone's confidence levels now moving forward if we do have Dwayne Haskins? So before we let you depart, Scott, and get on with your very busy day, what, were, what are your thoughts now moving forward with potentially having Dwayne Haskins on the centre? Sure. Yeah. Before I talk about Haskins, I actually want to go back and, and say, I think that's an awesome point that Maurice made about, you know, looking at the performance Sunday and how they found a way to win. And I feel mm -hmm. like that, that really applies to the last two weeks. I think, you know, they played far from a perfect game against the Steelers. I think there were missed opportunities. You know, I still think about Jeremy Sprinkle failing to, to get on that, that muffed punt early in the game. <laughs> um, I mentioned the missed tackle by Kendall Fuller that led to a long touchdown. Um, and yet they found a way to win. I mean, I think of the last three games, maybe the most complete performance was on Thanksgiving, you know, against the, the worst team in the bunch. So I think it's really impressive. It's a good point that, 
you know, good teams find a way to beat other good teams when, when everything isn't clicking. And, and it makes you think that, you know, whether it happens later this year or in year two of, of Ron Rivera's tenure, there's a complete performance coming for this team at, at some point. So it's, that's something to, to look forward to. It, it just proves how far we've come as well, doesn't it, Scott? Because I think last season, if that had happened, yeah. the team might have uh, crumbled. But under Ron Rivera, we've got uh, we've got a bit of, as we say over here, we've got some balls yeah, about us. Exactly. You're just not used to seeing this team win when when all three phases aren't in sync. And and it was rare when all three were in sync, you know, the last <laughs> few years. But but getting to Haskins, um, you know, I was actually really impressed with with his first drive um, for someone to come in first game action in, in nearly two months with the way mm-hmm. bench, the way that he was um, he made some nice throws on that drive and yet yeah, only ended in a field goal, but that, that wound up being pretty big. And the thing is from then on, it, it was, it was pretty uneven. Now, granted it seemed like Washington was pretty content just trying to, to burn some clock and hang on to that lead after, after Cam curls pick six, but, I think they had three three and outs in a row um, with Haskins at the helm, and and the the play that stands out and would be get getting talked about even more if it wasn't overturned on replay review is that high throw that that nearly nearly resulted in the interception. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you you just can't make that throw. That's not to say that Alex Smith wouldn't have made a, a similar throw. He was struggling too. Um, but but that stands out to me as something that's got to be corrected going forward if if Alex Smith can't go this Sunday against the Seahawks. Um, so uneven performance by Haskins, but credit to him for, for hanging on uh, by the skin of his teeth there and, and getting the win. Would you be confident in the going into the last three games, Scott, uh, if you had to give like a, re- a confidence level out of 10? Um, we've got three games to go with. Our destiny's in our own hands now. With Dwayne under centre, what would you give it? I'd say given that, one win in the next three gives you still gives you a pretty good chance of making the playoffs, and two basically assures mm-hmm. you of of making the playoffs. I would feel not so confident this Sunday, uh, but <laughs> but with the Panthers and, and the Eagles, uh, even with Jalen Hurts giving them a little bit of a spark, um, with those last two games in terms of making the playoffs, I guess I would feel. <sighs> I don't know, seven, six to seven on, on the confidence scale with, with Haskins under center. I mean, I, I got to see more than I did on in the second half on Sunday. But I think with that defense, they're still in pretty good shape if, if it comes to that. Fantastic. Yeah, well, Scott, I really appreciate your time today, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on the DC Tweet Team podcast. I know how busy you are. I enjoy reading your articles over here in the UK. I I'm, I'm in, um, enjoy following you on Twitter. So thank you for your time, my friend, and I wish you Anytime. all the best. Anytime. Thanks a lot, Andy. Thanks, Maurice. Thank you. Thank all you, right, Scott. Bye-bye. Maurice, a pleasure to have Scott on the uh, on the podcast, my friend. This, uh, me and you are going to keep rolling. We've got some fan stuff to get into. But let's talk about uh, the pick six, Maurice. What did you, were you like me? Were you running around the house, waking up the entire street when that happened? Uh, uh, another another good play <laughs> from the Washington defense. Well, I actually went to a, a restaurant last night and was watching the game on the big screen. So all I kept on doing was just kind of pumping my arm, <laughs> you know, up and down, up and down, like like I was pulling the uh, – the chain for the train when they pull the train horn. So I just kept on pumping my arm up and down when I when I saw uh, uh, Cameron Curl uh, return that uh, pick 
the interception and for the uh, touchdown. So just real excited. And, uh, you know, just, I mean, you know, another example of another uh, young player stepping up to give us a quality play to put us over the top. So I was, you know, real excited. And, uh, you know, just it's been so long since we've had success like this uh, over an extended period of time. And just find and us finding ways to win these games. I mean, I know San Francisco's a little down and everything, but this was a team that played in the Super Bowl uh, just last season. They have an experienced coaching staff. Um, they're a tough team, tough-minded. They have a lot of pride as a franchise overall. So anytime you could beat a team like the 49ers, it's always a, a big deal. And I was just really excited about um, the, the interception return for a touchdown. Of course, Chase Young's um, fumble recovery for a touchdown and just a great performance overall. Yeah, they all played well. Jerron Payne, the forced fumble, which led to um, mm-hmm. Chase's um, touchdown. I thought defensively, I, I can't fault anyone, uh, Maurice. I thought it was, uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd give him an A plus uh, if mm-hmm. I had to give him the grade. But Maurice, in true Washington football team fashion, I stupidly logged on to Twitter this morning expecting loads of rah, rah, rahs. And uh, I I kind of got into some Twitter beef with some uh, Washington fans. Mm. They were saying that um, if yesterday proved anything to them, Maurice, it's that we have to draft an elite quarterback. Where do you mm-hmm. stand on this, my friend? You know, I think that I think that's an uneducated assessment of the team. And the reason why I say that is, you know, there's not a lot of – elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Like we throw that term around like every team is entitled to an elite quarterback. And that's just not the case. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that are winning quality games. Like I don't think Ryan Tannehill's an elite quarterback, mm-hmm. but Tennessee Titans are winning games. I don't think Taysom Hill is an elite quarterback and the Saints are winning games. And even though they lost yesterday, um, there's a lot of teams that don't have elite quarterbacks. I think the issue, what, what people forget is that, and this is I an mean, end result of the fantasy football culture where, like, if your quarterback's not throwing for 400 yards and your running back's not running for 200 yards or if your, if your wide receiver's not catching almost 180, 200 yards, then people think it's a bust. And that's not the case. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Dwayne came in as a game manager to manage the game so the team wouldn't lose. And that's what he did. You know, I mean, and, and the guy came in under some really crazy circumstances. You know, he didn't expect to come in because Alex Smith is clearly the starter of the team, and um, there was no indication that he's going to get back in. And he got in the game, and he, uh, he did his job. Now, was he perfect? Absolutely not. He's only in his second year. But, you know, let's cut the, give the guy some slack. I mean, even if you draft a quarterback, right, if you draft a quarterback, um, that's no guarantee that that quarterback is going to come in and play lights out. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week, that we got to get the surrounding pieces around the team. Like for me, when I was looking at the football team yesterday, look how great that defense is. But just imagine if they were to draft like a second round linebacker mm-hmm. that, you know, like a, a really good linebacker and how that would make the defense stronger. Or you had a, a had a first round talent as a, um, a, a another cornerback to compliment Kendall Fuller, yeah. or if we draft, you know, like a, a first round talent, Trent Williams level uh, left tackle to show off that offensive line. Like, that's what's going to be the difference of, of these teams winning games and losing games, not necessarily the uh, just drafting the quarterback. I mean, I just think that is novice football analysis by a lot of fans on Twitter who spend more time venting their feelings than really absorbing what's going on. And let's face facts, right? The Washington football team is in first place, sole possession of first place in the NFC East. Um, they're playing Ron Rivera football. 
They are executing the game plan the way Ron wants it executed, and they're winning games. And I think the other piece of it, too, a lot of people thought just because San Francisco was down that it was going to be easy win, and that's nothing further from the truth. Like, Kyle Shanahan has a lot of pride <clears throat> as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. He also has a lot of familiarity with uh, Washington football team and their personnel. So it's no surprise that it was a tough game. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Maurice, before we uh, swing back to the uh, the asking questions that I put out on Twitter, because believe me, mate, my, mm-hmm. so many people have got in touch and uh, we're going to give them a shout out on the show. But let's talk about one person that uh, got a great achievement yesterday, Maurice. Terry McLaurin, <laughs> over a thousand reception yards. Uh, we haven't got enough good things to say about this man on this podcast. Uh, it was good to see, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was excellent to see um, to have a player of Terry McLaurin's uh, caliber to reach that milestone of a thousand receiving yards in a season. I believe I read somewhere today that Terry McLaurin is the first Washington football team wide receiver since uh, Pierre Garçon to go over a thousand yards in a season. So that lets you know, and that's like six years ago or seven years ago. So that lets you know how significant of an achievement that is for Terry McLaurin, hopefully the first of many 1,000-yard seasons that this young man will have for the Burgundy and Gold. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we always mention the stats on this show, Maurice. We always go over them. But if I had said to you these, if you hadn't watched the game, Maurice, and I had said mm-hmm. to you, 62 plays for a total of 193 yards, five penalties, mm-hmm. 95 passing yards, 98 rushing yards, and only 12 first downs, you wouldn't believe we won the game, would you? I uh, probably wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but we did, and it just goes to show that you can't – yep, it doesn't always work on both sides of the ball. Like Scott said when he was on, you know, very rarely do you get all sides of the ball clicking or, like you said earlier, maybe we're just not used to it. But I think yeah. – I my thing, Maurice, is I think as fans as well, they have to get – I think the mentality of fans as well, it, 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 and then maybe they're not doing it on purpose, is that they're they're kind of stuck in that losing mentality, if that makes sense, my friend. I mean, you know, we're kind of not used to making playoffs. We're not used to winning. We're not used to going to Pittsburgh and being down 17-3 at mm-hmm. time and winning. We're not used to having our uh, our quarterback, our main quarterback, go down hurt at halftime and having to bring in a, a guy that got benched two to three months ago and, and hang on and win a game because Washington would have, you know, we would have lost that game in season has gone by so do you think that the fans mentality and I'm not saying everyone I mean this is just a general question do you think the fans mentality have to start now getting along the same as the team's mentality well I think that our fan base has been traumatized I mean I think between you know the perennial losing that they've experienced um, over the past 20 years uh, I think you know the name change debate I think all the drama uh, it, with the um, the sexual harassment allegations, um, the way the team started off this season going one and five in the first uh, six games, two and seven overall before they started putting everything together. You know, a lot of fans just uh, were in a state of shock or have been traumatized with all that despair and all that losing and all that, uh, you know, seemed to be a team that had no direction wasn't moving forward. And then all of a sudden we've we put things together. And a lot of the things that coach Rivera was saying when the team was losing, now he's saying the same things. Now the team is winning and people are starting to take notice. So I think there's still a lot of cognitive dissonance with our fan base, whereas, you know, the team is winning and they see the team is winning, but they still feel like something's going to happen and we're going to not uh, win the division or we're not going to make the playoffs. And and I, I don't think 
I think the success is taking people by surprise and they don't know how to handle it. So I think that you're going to still have that back and forth with our fan base until we can clinch the NFC East. And, and if we can clinch the NFC East, I mean, that's going to be such a big deal. But I think that fans need to grow accustomed to the Washington football team playing winning football because I think that's why we brought Ron Rivera here. Yeah, most definitely. Maurice, though, Alex Smith for Ron Rivera has come out today and said he is going to be day by day. Uh, they're going to assess him on Wednesday. So um, I put mm-hmm. a question out on social media and we're going to go through these answers literally as they're coming in, Maurice. I'm literally getting some mm-hmm. right now. I asked the Washington fans and obviously people listening to this, you can contact myself, Maurice, or the DC Tweet team on Twitter and let us know your views. I said to them, how uh, is your confidence level now? if we had uh, Dwayne Haskins under centre for the rest of the season. Rob kicked it off with, they were low anyway, now they're absolutely zero with him. Scott has come in with low. Richard Adams says lacking. Um, mm-hmm. Donnell Wilson says, just going to cheer him along like I do, Alex. Fair pay to you, my friend. I like that. Um, the voice of DC, good um, good uh, contributor to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Uh, he said it's low, but I think Stephen Sins dropping that huge third down pass is why people are cr- crushing Dwayne today. After that drive, we played run out the clock football. I I agree with that. Maurice, would you agree with that before we go on to some more? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. But I also think that uh, the coaching staff um, played that type of game plan because they wanted to protect Dwayne. Haskins and they were thinking about their games in the future. Like they didn't want to put Dwayne in a situation where he had to uh, win the game or make too many plays that would create a higher higher risk uh, reward situation where he potentially could turn the ball over and put the team in a position to lose. Like people forget, we were winning at that time. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were winning the entire second half, so the team could be conservative until San Francisco gave them a reason not to be conservative. And San Francisco's offense never did that. So um, kudos to the coaching staff for, you know, pretty much protecting and insulating Dwayne Haskins and trying to get his confidence level up, thinking that he might have to come in and uh, and finish the season off for the team. Yeah, I kind of agree. Before we go, and I, I promise you, we will get to the rest of the people that have tweeted me. I said I'd get everyone involved, and I will. But I kind of, I think I tweeted this out. As you know, Maurice, we all love uh, live tweeting during the game. Uh, mm. Do you think Scott Turner, when Haskins come on the field, it seemed like he kind of went back in his shell as well. And does that just go to your point that he was trying to protect Haskins or was he still got lacking a little bit of confidence in him? But we have to remember, he hasn't had any uh, work with the ones he's been, you know, he hasn't really had much work in practice. You know, obviously the backup, you get a little bit of work. But do you mm. think that Scott was a bit tentative to open up the playbook as much with such a, you know, the lead was dwindling and they were coming for us. So, you know, I'm kind of, I was kind of on the fence. I thought when I was live game tweeting, I thought Scott seems to have got a bit timid and scared here. But now looking back at it and now hearing you speak, maybe he was protecting the young QB. What's your thoughts, my friend? Well, I think it's probably one, he was protecting the young QB. And then number two, that the game plan that they installed for Alex Smith was not the game plan that they might have installed for Dwayne Haskins if he came into the game as a starter. So it's, it's almost like if, it's like you have a plan and your plan is that Alex Smith is going to play the entire game and then Alex Smith goes out, you know, towards the back end of the second quarter and Dwayne has to finish out. So all those plans that they had had to go out the window. They had to put together a new plan. So there shouldn't be any surprise that Dwayne wasn't playing lights out you know, given the situation that he came into the game. And not to mention that I'm sure his confidence level, 
you know, had taken a hit being benched. So there was a lot of things that he had to overcome as well. Matter of fact, I recall seeing in the game there was video of Dwayne like leaning, I guess, like at the um, near the um, the back of the uh, the sideline where the uh, the bleachers are, and he was basically it looked like he was praying or something, you know, praying for a win or whatever. So, and I didn't get a chance to see the post game. Um, uh, interview with Dwayne Haskins. I think uh, Lake Lewis had reported it that he was very emotional in the post game um, press yeah, conference. Yeah, he said he had about a tear. His performance. He had a tear in his eye walking off the field. He was just glad to be back. He said he was just glad to be back on the grass. It was a an emotional yeah. time for him. So yeah, maybe you know he probably wasn't. I know you should always be ready as a backup, but when it you know all the stuff he's gone through the last three months and you know he was mm-hmm. the guy, wasn't he, at the start of the season and to yeah. go through the. You know, Ron Rivera backing him and then not backing him. And then he was dropped. Mm. And then the whole, you know, there was a few things on Twitter and social media. So, yeah, it, it got, I, I don't know. I dread, dread to think what was going through his head. But um, Burning, uh, Burting football team, a good contributor, says he hasn't got much faith, although it hasn't, it's been unlucky not having Gibson there for both QBs. It was, uh, that was a, a big loss. Uh, someone says, same confidence as if Alex Smith was to start. Uh, Martin Collison, my confidence is low anyway on this game. I will say this, I'd rather start Haskins than than the Alex Smith we saw in the first half of the last game. Start Haskins this, this week, get Smith back to 100% for the last two games. So, just catching up on that point, on Martin uh, Martin's point, Maurice, do you think it could be a case where Haskins steps in for one game? Why we get Alex Smith fully fit for the remaining two? I mean, I think that's definitely an option. I mean, of course, I think everything is going to be predicated on how Alex recuperates from his injury and how severe the injury is. Uh, we'll need to wait and see where the team is on Wednesday uh, when they give us an update on all of the injuries with the players and so on and so forth. But I think right now, uh, I think with fans, you know, they've been they've been traumatized and beaten so badly. You know, our fan base is kind of like that that dog that had the abusive owner <laughs> that, you know, he could just really hold his hand up and the dogs go, hmm, hmm, just start whimpering, <laughs> you know. And I, I think we we win games, and we're still talking like we got blown out yeah. by twenty points, you know. Like, and I think that goes to what you were saying earlier that our fan base has been traumatized by all the losing and all the lack of faith, and they don't they don't know how to handle success themselves. It's like what it's almost like the success is some fool's goal. Like eventually something bad is going to happen, and like yeah, see, I told you. So there's a lot of naysayers in our fan base because they've been socialized around losing because the team has not been successful for so many years and not realizing that we're in in a control our own destiny phase. Like we're leading the NFC East going into week 15. There's only week 15, week 16, and week 17. The other part of it too, if you look at the Giants schedule, the Giants have to play the Ravens and the Browns. Yeah. Um, the, for the next two games. So those are two very, very tough teams that that the Giants are going to have to play. So right now we're rooting for the AFC uh, North to take out the New York Giants to give us some breathing room. Yeah. So. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, finishing up with the fan ones here, Maurice, like you say, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a fan base that, you know, can, they're still frustrated. They're still, you know, I mean, they are venting. I'm, I'm getting them as we're going here. I mean, uh, Chief Two Guns has contacted me on Twitter. He says, mm. my expectations are very low. Maybe it's just me, but he doesn't seem like he can throw a deep ball or he seems not to want to throw the deep ball. Sure, Alex doesn't much either, but Alex will try once in a while. You need those shots to keep the D honest and against the C 
Seahawks defence, you need to try that at least. Um, Mike's come in, though. He said he's very, very confident. Coming of age for him, uh, famous victory, 9-7 and seven season. So uh, there's many more. Uh, Barry uh, Barry Rebets has been on. He's a good uh, good listener to the uh, to the podcast. He says I genuinely believe this run of four Ws is a confidence and belief which has been installed in the whole team by having Alex Smith in the huddle. His experience counts for a huge amount, and without him, we wouldn't be six or seven. Fear players won't respect Haskins in the same way. Do you think there comes a kind of respect? Just finishing up with this little point here, Maurice, do you think there is a, a respect thing from other players? Well, I think, I mean, Dwayne's a younger player, so you wouldn't expect the, um, the, t- the the players on the team to have the same respect level for him like they would and Alex Smith, who's a KG veteran, and, and also, you know, given everything that Alex Smith has gone through to get back on the field. So they're going to be different levels of expectation. But I think Dwayne is a respected player on the team, and I definitely think they have to respect the way he's handled himself during this uh, benching. I mean, it's not like there have been reports of Dwayne Haskins being disruptive at practice or acting up off um, off the field. I mean, he's been uh, practicing his craft. Several players have remarked on how well Dwayne has handled the situation, and regardless of how people may feel about his play, he was prepared to lead the team. Uh, he did lead one scoring drive when he first got into the game to kick that field goal and extend the lead. So I think, I mean, with Dwayne, it's going to be a mixed bag because he's a young player and he's had a mixed bag season. Like a lot of quarter, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks aren't named a starter, then they're benched, and then they see two other quarterbacks play, and then one of the quarterbacks get injured and he has to get back into the game. So that's just a whole lot of emotions that Dwayne has gone through. And I think a lot of fans – our, our fan base, they want a, they want Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. They want everybody to play defense like Chase Young. They want um, um, they want the greatest special teams player of all time. You know, they want Mark Mosley as a kicker. You know, making all the kicks. You know, they want everything, <laughs> and, and and that's just not realistic. Like yeah. most NFL teams are are incomplete teams. Like they have a great defense, but the offense is shaky, or vice versa. You know, so it's about you know we're developing like. People forget, like, we weren't a good – we were 3-13 and 13 last season. We've already surpassed that. We've doubled our win total from last season. And now we were in last place all season, didn't win any NFC East games. This year we've won three NFC East games. We're in first place in the NFC East. We control our own destiny. That's what you want for a team going into the final three games of the season. And I think fans need to step back for a second, take a holistic look at where we're at, where we are as a team, and recognize that we're in a good spot right now. Yeah. You know, we're not in a bad spot. Yeah. I mean, my, Maurice, my message to every single Washington fan listening to this um, is, like Ron Rivera's always said, trust the process. At the minute, we're on that upward curve. Just mm-hmm. ride with it. Yes, we're not going to have, uh, you know, we're not going to get that, you know, we want that Patrick Mahomes quarterback. Like you said, we want everyone to play like Chase Young. But at the minute, we're... But on the up, if I'd said to you, me and Maurice, if we were doing a podcast this time last season and I'd said to you, Maurice, December 2020, we're going to be leading the NFC East. Our fate is going to be in our own hands. You would have laughed at me. 
You know what I mean? I would have laughed at me probably. So look how far we've come. That's the only thing I will say to everyone that's doubting. Look how far we have come on and off the field as an organisation. This time last year, we weren't even resembling a football team. We weren't resembling a fan base. We weren't resembling much all. Ron Rivera, Jason Wright, all the everyone, this team, Chase Young, people like his performances yesterday, they've given us what I said eight months and months ago. They've given us hope. Will there be bumps in the road still? Yes. But we are on the up. We are leading the NFC East. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's just get along for the ride. Let's get in the hunt. Let's play meaningful football in January. And on any given Sunday, like they say, Maurice, Anything can happen, can't it? Yeah, yeah. I think the um, I think right now I've been saying this um all season long, and I definitely have been saying it during this winning streak. Take it one game at a time, and right now all we have to do is focus on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all we have to do is focus on beating Seattle. And if our defense plays anywhere near the way they played this uh, past uh, Sunday against the 49ers, we got a chance. You know? Yeah, mostly. Maurice, I already know the answer to this. Who was your man of the match? Oh, for me? Oh, God. It's, uh, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to make it complicated. I'm chase young. You know? yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't win man of the match, uh, people handing out game beers. Hi, Carl. How are you doing? Um, yeah. You know, he's he's going to win everything. I mean, you, you can't. There's no one else. It was his game. It's going to go down as the Chase Young game. It's going to go down as right. the defense's game. But ladies and gentlemen, it's going to go down as the game where the Washington football team, listen to me closely, leads the NFC East. It hasn't been, uh, hasn't been too long. We haven't been able to say that for a long, long time, ladies and gentlemen. So <laughs> leave it up. Enjoy it, Maurice. Uh, yeah. One game at a time. We have the Seahawks coming up. Um, me and you will be back together on Friday talking about that, my friend. But as always, Maurice, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and talk some football with you. I'm getting used to these Victory Monday slash Tuesday slash whenever we play. But um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, we should just carry on enjoying this, shouldn't we, my friend? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think the thing I would say to fans, man, just enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride because you can look at this season half empty or you look at this season half full. I choose to look at it half full. We're in first place, sole possession of first place, and we control our own destiny. Take it one game at a time. Onward to Seattle. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I'm sorry I couldn't get through to everyone that's tweeted me. But Maurice, it's still going. I shouldn't have asked this Haskins question. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter's still going. Go and take a look after we finish recording this, my friend. You might have to help me out with a few answers here. Uh, uh, I'll do my best. Uh, thank you, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the DC Tweet Team podcast. I have been your host, Andy. Pleasure to always talk football with Maurice. Till next time, everybody, stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>